Easy now. Easy now. Easy now. Oh. oh. <laughs> I was going to blend into that, you know. Sorry, mate. I yeah. thought you were going to miss it. Yeah. yeah well, so. just before we turned the cameras on, Ped was like, Joe, you're leading this one. Did that look like much of a lead? No. no I just I straight, straight out of the box, like, boom. <laughs> Over to you, my friend. No. Anyway, yes. Do you, do you want to start again or are we all right? No, no, we'll carry on going. Yeah, yeah. I'll carry on leading with my backseat passenger over there. Um, welcome back, guys. I uh, hope everyone is well. Today, we're down at the Porsche Experience Center in Silverstone. Uh, and we've got a very special guest with us, Mr. Tim Williams. Well, yes, my name is Tim Williams, but I'm also known as um, Poundland Joe Achilles for reasons that we'll get into. <laughs> <laughs> in a short amount of time. But yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I watch you guys, both of you individually, and also I watch the podcast and listen to the podcast as well, and you're doing a great job. And yeah, keep going. That Thank could you. be the first guest we've had that's actually listened to an episode of the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> and complimented one. us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. From day one, yeah, 100%. Brilliant. Um, well, Tim, yeah, it's a great pleasure having you on, and we're going to go into who you are and what you do for the people that don't know you and don't watch your stuff. Uh, but before we do that, I think we should talk about where we are because we've had some awesome uh experiences we've had some awesome venues of doing the podcast throughout this year um most of them thanks to michelin our headline sponsor and this is yet another one of those and uh and i have to say it kind of takes the biscuit because <laughs> because we've actually all had a really good experience leading up to this point today so ridiculous that's, that's one way of, of, of summarizing it isn't it and, and also, an above-average backdrop. Yep, above-average <laughs> backdrop. It's about three degrees outside. It's lovely and warm in here. We, we started the day. So for anyone that doesn't know about the Porsche Experience Centre in Silverstone, it's been here since, did they say 2011 or, t or 2008? I think yeah, 2008, said. yeah. Uh, so what's that, 15-odd years? Uh, I've been lucky enough to, this is my fourth time here. Um, and every time, I've absolutely loved it. And whenever anyone messages me on social media or wherever, and asked me about driving experiences. There are two that really stand out. Palma Sport is fantastic. It's a day long and it's you know fairly hefty and expensive, but you get what you pay for. But the Porsche Experience Center in Silverstone is just brilliant. Whether you're looking at buying a Porsche or not, it's just a brilliant couple of hours. You can do morning, afternoon, full day, um, and there's catering involved. And uh, it's just a really awesome experience. And you don't, like you said, you don't have to own a Porsche or be buying a Porsche, anybody can come and experience what driving a Porsche is like. Yeah, but there is a caveat to that. You don't have to be owning one or driving one, but when you leave here... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you go and buy one. <laughs> when you anyway, leave yeah. here, you really you want to buy one more than ever. Um, so, yeah, huge thanks to everyone here for, for looking after us. Um, it's just been brilliant, especially Jill. She's been an amazing host. And, uh, yeah, maybe we can move in here. They wouldn't notice, would they? I don't know. I think they'd be fine with it, to be honest. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's brilliant. Um, so let's talk through what we got up to out there. I don't know if you want to. Well, I mean, I, I think that, so we knew that we were going to have a on-track experience. And the three cars we were told we were going to drive were uh, 992 GT3. Yep. Good car. Yep. Cayman GT4 RS. No, Cayman, Cayman GT4. Great car and a Taycan Turbo. Then they're just Taycan, didn't say any. There was no description to that. Yeah. Which are all brilliant. You know, we're all very excited about anyway. 
And then when we drove in, there's a big car park lot just next to it, and there's loads of all the cars parked there, and there's this beautiful kind of copper-coloured GT3 RS, ridiculous spec, and we're like, oh, my God, look at that. It's amazing. And then we're having lunch, which was beautiful, and the GT3 RS came and parked up right underneath where we were having lunch, and we're like, oh, wow, look at that. And we're all drooling over it, taking pictures, and then a GT4 RS pulled up next to that, and then a Taycan Turbo pulled they were our cars. <laughs> you know, like, I imagine driving a GT3. Literally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that'd be good, wouldn't it? I mean, you know, we're going to have to slum it in a GT3 and a GT4. Or... Unreal. I mean, we started, well, we all drove two of the cars. Um, and I think the Taycan, obviously, being petrol heads than most of us, it's like, oh, yes, GT car. But actually, if you ever want to experience what something like a Taycan can do, all two and a half tons of it, um, at, and just see the levels that it can get to. I was really, really impressed um, with just how much stability the car had, how much grip it had, and how much pace it had. Mm -hmm. And just to put things into perspective, there's a faster, there's two little handling circuits here, faster one around the back, there's a long straight. Um, and in the Taycan Turbo, so not even the Turbo S, Sport Turismo, uh, the top speed I saw was about 108 miles an hour before you had to get on the brakes. In the GT3 RS, which is essentially a racing car, I wasn't seeing much more than about 102, 103. Um, <laughs> so it just shows you that one of the fastest cars on the planet, uh, EVs, we all know they're fast, but it just puts into perspective just how fast they are and, they, and how quickly they launch off the line. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you guys had the Taycan experience. I didn't. You just went full RS. <laughs> you got the short straw. <laughs> Unlucky. So, Tim, what did you think to, to the Taycan? Uh, it was. I recently drove a GTS uh, Cross Turismo. Nice for an hour or so. So I'm kind of used to the power. But again, this was on a public road. Obviously, cars coming in direction. But on here, it really came alive because I even said to the person that was with me, I said, "This is a. This is something you can't do on the road. You can't take corners like this." And they've got the wet track as well. And it was yeah. It's another level. I think I did it the wrong way around, though. So I went out in 4RS first, <laughs> and I finished it with an EV, essentially. But nonetheless, yeah. epic, epic. I didn't want to come back in, but obviously we were down to 16 miles off uh, battery. So really? <laughs> it was either that or call Joe to come and push us back. So we, in, we decided to come back in. But yeah, great experience. And how was the, how was the, is that the first time you've driven the 4RS? Yeah, so I've driven a 4. A mate of mine had a 4 that I reviewed. Yep. Um, nearly a year and a half ago but the 4RS I just don't get how it's legal because the sound of that thing yep. doesn't make sense and I was saying like Bedford you sneeze and you get black flagged so you couldn't take it on track but anywhere else you just want to be second gear all the time to rev it all the way out well I think you'd be surprised actually because to my understanding that is totally legal everywhere in the UK and the reason that it's confusing and, and I had to reset my head after I've driven it is all the sound you're getting is in the cab. Well, most of that sound that you're hearing is organic sound, but it's in the cabin because mm. you've got the induction behind you. You've got the motor just over your shoulder. So everything you hear, it's actually louder on the inside than it is on the outside. And I think it's, I love the 4RS, but whenever anyone asks me, what's your dream car to have? It's always the GT3 over the 4RS because I think if you live with that car, you would either go deaf within a few weeks <laughs> it's very um, and, and, and yeah and it would get a bit I think I only had one for the one day the German press car which apparently was that one um, but after that day 
I didn't want to give it back. But when I did, just getting back in a normal car was like, oh my goodness, my ears. You know, like it's it's a real experience, but it's properly raw. Whereas the 3RS is kind of more like the the GT. It's not that noisy inside. It's not that noisy, but you do hear other noises like diff and oh. mechanical things and pickup and it's just insane. So, I mean... Cheers. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sorry, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For me, so 4RS is it, it's very noisy, and I think even on a driving tour, I think you'd probably find you get a headache after a couple of hours. Yeah. Because it is, and and it's on the way up, it's loud, but it's the noise it makes on the downshifts on the way down, it's just brutal. Yep. Um, but um, I, I think for me, it's a car that you can really tap into because it's. Uh, I feel it's within my talent envelope, yep. as it were. Um, and I was very lucky... Um, and one of the things about coming here is when you go out the, they will tailor the experience to you and what you want. So if you're not a particularly confident driver, you've not driven a performance car before, you've not done any track work before, that's fine. You can go out there and they'll teach you how to, you know, understand the systems on the car and get quicker. If you have done some track work and you want to improve your lines or your braking, we did some work on trail braking in the three RS, for yep. example. And just to get the front end a bit pitching in a bit more and they'll they'll talk to you as technically as you want. But then in the four RS they've got a low grip traction circuit. Yep. And and I spent basically twenty five minutes learning how to drift and just <laughs> sideways to sideways, donuts in a circle. It's just wicked. Yeah. And and you know, you we often talk about people like Chris Harris and Tiffany Dell and the guys that can really slide a car around and and you only get to that level of skill by practicing in a safe environment yeah. and I've just had 20 minutes of that in a GT4 RS which is pretty cool yeah but the 3 RS those buttons I said I want to I want to feel you know you, you hear a lot about the, the so for the guys who don't know that as well as the drive mode button on the steering wheel there's three other buttons that can control the steering oh, sorry the suspension front and rear yeah the diff front and rear uh, uh, sorry, rear. What my front diff? Yeah. Uh, and the um, and the ESE. Yes. How how much difference does they does that make to the feel so of the car? Too much difference. Playing with the compression, the rebound, the diff lock, and like you said, and yeah, I've watched pretty much all the GT3 RS content out there, and just looking at that, go, it gives you a headache just watching it. And and to be fair, I think if you did own one, you'd need a week with it of solid time a week on track just playing around on a place like bedford just playing around with it to dial it in because there's just so much um and it's just it's awesome but but yeah that's i think that's a good thing it's a blessing um in one way but it's also a bit of a headache in another whereas you get in the 4rs and it's like do you want traction on traction off let's go traction on traction off noisy exhaust that's it that's all you can choose <laughs> just go for it um, but yeah, no, I, honestly, I, I've, I've praised this place for years. Um, I think I first came here in 2011, 2012-ish, uh, and I always recommend it. And I'm not just saying that because we're down here in Mission, a, a partner. I think we can all agree that it's just, you know, it's a brilliant, brilliant location. Let's talk about you, Tim. Let's, let's, let's uh, introduce yourself. For those, yeah, if, as if the audience don't know who you are, they haven't watched your content, um, who are you and what do you do? Do you have a job? Are you a full-time YouTuber? Um, or do you just spend your life sitting here in the Porsche Experience Centre? Yep. So in a nutshell, I am a regional manager for Porsche GB. I'm joking. So <laughs> I am um, yeah, part-time YouTuber, um, full-time T-shirt. 
yep. essentially. Um, I manage um, behavior side of things in our current school. Um, and I do that full time and then part time, obviously, do the YouTube. And I've always classed myself as the pound stretcher Joe Achilles because I tend to do or I try to do similar content to Joe in terms of car reviews. Um, I haven't done anything bike yet because I will never get on a bike. But yeah, car reviews. Just, just give me a, give me five. Now. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah forward, but you that's a fist bump. Yeah. That's not. Excuse, excuse me. Five. Granddad, that's a fist bump. That's not five. Granddad, that was five because it was five fingers. He give me, give me a pump, give me a pump. There you go. There you go. Don't worry about him. His, yeah. his, his mum always saying that you look younger than him. <laughs> yeah, so, I know. See, I like your mum. Oh no, that's come back and bit me quite. Hard, oh, you it? can't go there. Can't I don't. Go. I don't want to ride a bike because I don't want to give my eyes to someone I've never met before. Yes. All of them. Yes. Oh, that's that's an interesting yeah, approach. Yeah. yeah. You just need it. Neither you got any talent. Anyway, so, uh, so carry on, mate. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, that that Should is. Should we call you Mr. Williams then? So essentially, that is what I'm used to being called. But it is very weird sometimes because somebody would say Mr. Williams, and I turn around thinking it's parents' evening, and my dad's behind me, giving <laughs> me a clap now on the head because my reports as usual. Timothy is a great student, but he loves to chat. So, and I look at him like, Dad, I'm sorry. It's too late. Clap comes boom. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, it's it's Mr. Williams at work, and then Tim Williams. On YouTube, or just Tim, or as Joan likes to leave me voice notes, Tim, uh, he always starts <laughs> off with Tim, eh? So, yeah, Tim, that's that's it, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think why, I mean, I've known you for many years now, and I admire what you do, and I respect what you do, because you're very much like what, I mean, we're all, you know, Ped and I have been doing YouTube now for eight, in eight, eight, years. eight years in January for me. Yeah, so we've, we've kind of been there, done the struggle, still struggling. I mean, it's, it fluctuates, it's never ever easy. It gets harder and harder in many ways because the pressure is on you, especially when you decide like me to drop the, the main job. Um, but I think the whole shuffling, what a lot of people don't realize with YouTube is, although it's something that if you want to make it work, you've really got to invest a lot of time and effort into, you can't just drop everything else. Um, and, and when we actually had Tim, Timmy, Shmi on the podcast, uh, he summed that up very well in the sense that anyone that if you haven't listened to this, it's that episode, if you're thinking about doing YouTube, but if you're thinking about doing it for fame or for money, forget it because it's not going to work in a million years. If you're thinking about doing it as a hobby that might become a bit more than a hobby and maybe one day, maybe one day will become something, then do it and put the effort in. But I can speak for myself. I never, it was always a hobby for me. I put so much time and effort and money into it when I had a job. Mm. Um, and it slowly became a living, which was which is an unexpected reward for me. And I think the same sort of story with you. Yeah, and it, it's for me as well, in the early days, it's it's about experiences. I thought if it got me to drive some cool cars that I wouldn't be able to afford to buy. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, I came to here to the Experience Center in my first year as a YouTuber, I think. It was the the year the 718 came out and I'd contacted Porsche Portsmouth, which is my local Porsche center. And they forwarded my name to Porsche GB. And the next thing I get an email from Porsche GB saying, look, we can't give you a 718 at Porsche Portsmouth, but would you like to come to the experience center? Brilliant. And I came here and we did the on-track experience that we've just done. And then we got to drive three cars out on the road just for an hour loop. But it, it, there were three videos made. And that, for me, was a really good example. I would not have had that experience without YouTube. Yep. So for the first few years, it's often about, you know, the experiences, events you get invited to or cars you get to drive or people you get to meet. And over time, 
you still get those things, but then the monetization starts to kick in and you get the financial rewards as well. Yep. Um, but you don't get any of that without a lot of hard work, even in the early days. And I think someone like you, you're also a family man. So you've got kids, you've got your other half, you've got your actual job, and then you're shuffling a YouTube channel and trying to make that all work is really, really difficult. Um, but your channel, what are you up to sub subwise now? Um, currently on 18,000 subs, which is a penny change in comparison, but I'm grateful because it, it shows me I'm doing something right. Yeah. The fact that it is growing, maybe not at the rate that I want, but that's out of my control. As far as I keep doing the right things, then the numbers come. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's, it's more about the enjoyment that I get from it. Yep. As opposed to me just trying to chase the next 20, 40, 50,000 subscribers. And 18K, that's no mean achievement mate. Yeah, that, that yeah. it's it's uh, you know don't don't grow only eighteen thousand. that's still eighteen thousand people i remember i was on about twenty one thousand people and i was at a mate of mine and he's a season ticket holder at wasps the rugby yeah club. yeah and we went to watch wasps <laughs> okay. and we, we were watching and he, he said you do realize that yeah. you've got more subscribers than people sat in this stadium and i'm like yeah. wow I do, I do that sometimes so sometimes i look at a video and sometimes it does an absolute belly flop of say 300 views in a day and I'm just like oh my god only 300 views I did like three four hours filming this and then editing but then I think sometimes like you'd stand in an assembly mm. and you've got 300 kids there and you're like wait this many people actually took their time yeah to watch my little video so yeah it's like I said you've got to be grateful with, with the small and the big yeah yeah and especially when you look at we all get carried away with numbers these days I think mm. it's because we're so used to and this is something we're hopefully going to get onto later short form content and all this you know like we're talking millions now with lots of things, don't we? Millions this, millions that. Um, and so you kind of lose track on numbers. But actually, when you look or you, 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 like if you if you look into some TV shows, especially on smaller channels like Discovery shows, and, and you look at some of the viewing numbers, and then you realize, actually, my 20-odd thousand subs and however many views I do a month, that's comparable to a mm. TV show. And then you look at how much money and effort and production goes into that TV show, and you're doing it, as a dad who has a job <laughs> no but honestly when you yeah. sudden when you stop and break it down like that you're like actually you know what this is this is really impressive and, and yeah when a when a video absolutely bottoms and it there's nothing that's more I, I don't know about you guys but i'm sure it's the same when like you know the studio app i love it and i hate it yeah. and uh so if you're not on YouTube, you have a studio app and it basically tells you all the analytics of everything that's going on with your videos, the latest one and, and everything else in the backlog. And the second you post a video, I can't help, like literally straight away, first minute, first two minutes, five minutes, and you're like that. And and I know Lou can tell straight away whether the video is going well or not, depending on my on my mood, you know. And you get to half an hour and there's not much you can do at that point. You can change the thumbnail, or maybe a title, make it a little bit... Uh, catchier but it's either succeeds or it doesn't and and it's and i think it's part of it's it's a buzz for a number of reasons but you know of course the the monetization of it if it does really well then you should earn a little bit of money from it but it's the effort the time and the effort and um sometimes you can put again it's a point that i've written down but i think it's something we can talk about now is it and and, and i'm sure you've heard lots of youtubers saying this but it's the more polished videos, the time, the ones that you spend more time on, the ones that you sometimes think are definitely going to do well, mm -hmm. and they don't. And that's really depressing. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. Yeah, and it, 
And it's normally, <laughs> that's normally the stuff I really like doing are the videos that don't do great. Yeah. So yes. I raced in the Enduro car, Enduro car last week at, at Alton Park and I was there for a weekend and it was amazing and I loved every minute of it. Was that an off-road? It was off-road as well, some of it, no. was it? Well, it oh. was off-road oh. in my car. Oh, okay. The grass looked interesting, so I decided to take an excursion yes. onto it and, you know, yep. uh, had a couple of offs. Um, but the video's done like 5,000 views. It's, it's not done anything. And yeah. uh, motorsport stuff just doesn't do great. Yeah. Or track day. Track well, yeah, you do a lot so, of track yeah. day stuff. Um, and, it, and it's because you, you think when you start, you think, oh, you know, you might get the opportunity to drive a great car on track. Or uh, I know when I first did my motor racing, I went, oh, this is going to be amazing. Everyone's going to want to know because I did a series called How to Become a Racing Driver. And then went through all of my uh, driver tuition and testing and qualifying. And Are you qualified? Have you got any driving qualifications? Might have. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, mentioned just, it. Just, <laughs> just, just <laughs> did you see my sticker on the car? No. No, I got my bastard's distinction sticker on oh, the, on the windscreen. Yeah. Is that in the inside? No, it's, it's on the outside so people can see. Oh, it's on yeah. the outside. Yeah. So if it was on the inside, I didn't know how you fitted it because obviously the 911 and the Cayman size <laughs> is does it does it fit in a 911 as well? Or? Have, you, have you prepped him or what? <laughs> Hey, he's got the. He's hey, got, at least he's watched me content. He's got the four pot, so there's a lot more room in there for stickers. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Uh, oi, oi, oi. Sorry, sorry, Pete. Yeah, yeah. Don't have to part with this, you know. I know. Um, but yeah, so and how's it all going, Tim? Because I know that you've just got an official invite from yes. from BMW. Yes. Uh, for an event that's in next week, a couple of weeks time, whatever. Mm. Um, which must feel pretty good. It's, it's, I'm not saying it's a long time coming because that sounds very arrogant, but yeah, it's, it's been a long haul, a long struggle to get there, but it's nothing comes easy to, to some people. And I'm one of those people. I'm not trying to look at people and say, Hey, feel sorry for me, but yeah, I, I know that it's not easy to get to where you guys are now. It takes a lot of work and I've just got to keep pushing, but um, yeah, BMW. Yeah, because you invited me. A, a lot of your content, especially in the early years, you, you, yeah. you know, I wouldn't. Yeah, you're a BMW guy. People used to label me as a BMW guy. You love all brands, and you're open-minded. But you've owned a lot of BMs yeah. over the last few years, um, so it is great that yeah, great that you're 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 being invited to that, and you're being recognised. Um, and yeah, I mean, and yeah. I'll see you there. Yes, <laughs> you're there yeah. on uh, day I'm, one, right? Yeah, I'm on day one. You're on day two. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. I was no, I won't. No, I'll be. Uh, in Australia. Australia oh, doing your yeah. daily vlogs. Thinking about you guys in the rain. Rain's not going to be so bad. <laughs> yeah, in reality. Well, in reality, I've just I've just had a weather update from my mate who lives in Melbourne. And uh, I get, yeah, I'm going for the, for the MotoGP initially. And it's meant to be torrential rain and about nine degrees. So, uh, oh. yeah, so you guys might, might have the last laugh on that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, looking forward to it all the same. Um, so, okay, what have we got next in here? Let's talk a little bit about, I've asked Tim to come to us with a few of his ideas and topics that, that he wants to talk about. Hmm. Uh, and I think one of them is, um, <laughs> is brands uh, approaches to social media yeah. um, and the good and the bad uh, and, 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 and how it all works. Now, what you've got to understand at least from what I understand and the brands that I work with and know, the marketing teams tend to be quite disconnected to the press teams a lot of the time. And then the marketing teams have external marketing agencies that, that they sign off and employ to produce this content. Sometimes that's really good, but sometimes it's really not. And it's really obvious, I think, for 
true petrol heads, you see some of the stuff out there. And I'm not going to shame any of the brands. Mm. Um, but I occasionally do point them out on my, on my Instagram. Oh, do you? Yeah, occasionally. And that's only because of, that's only because some, some of those brands I absolutely love. And, mm. and it's really sad and upsetting to see these external, external, external people that are getting paid an absolute fortune to literally destroy the brand. Mm. Um, and I just don't get the approach. It's almost like they have, they have no concept of even what a car is some of yeah. these people they've got let alone the fact that like us three we're passionate about cars and and the brands um do, do you think though do you think it's because um some of these marketing teams are trying to sell a lifestyle or an image yeah. not a car yes I, and and yeah. and because we're car people we look at the car as a car as a piece of engineering as a thing to drive as a thing to enjoy and then the lifestyle, the secondary to that, you look at some of these marketing campaigns and think you're you're selling a lifestyle yep. and you don't really care what the car is. No. I mean, te Tesla, your favorite brand ever. Yep. I mean, Patrick. Yeah, <laughs> yes. But they're, 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 they're quite, they sell lifestyle and technology. The car is just a, a vehicle, excuse the pun, to deliver that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and unfortunately, when you're, when you're so passionate about a brand, yeah, on the one that you're very passionate about, both of you, which I won't name, obviously. Yeah, um, and you see it being diluted like that. It's it's not good. It's not. But you're and you're 100 percent right about that. And I think that that's that's the way a lot of things are going with uh, with with yeah with testing and there's less and less press events. There's less and less manufacturers that actually want your honest opinion. So journalism these days because they can invite along a load of influencers, lifestyle people that would turn up. Don't know what that was all about, but anyway, <laughs> um, they'll turn up and they'll literally just be like, oh, it's amazing. Like it's, oh, it's got a touch screen. It's incredible. It's this, it's that, and pointing out all the positives, which is great, but it's not the reality and you're not getting any kind, you're not learning anything from that. And I think we're gonna go through a bit of a phase of that where I know one or two brands that are doing them focusing really heavy on that approach mm. and that's great because initially they're just going to get loads of positive stuff and loads of views because some of these people have got millions of followers but the relevance of that i don't care what anyone says the relevance of that if someone's going out and spending a hundred grand in a car they don't want an opinion from they want to know really what it's like to live with one yeah. of your videos what it's like to tow a caravan or whatever you a petrol ped would normally do you know um but no real life situations. put a bike in the back, put put bike in the in the back. back. Yeah. exactly no but you know um and they want an opinion because they know if they're buying a Taycan they know that the current Taycan it's probably weakest point is the fact that the range isn't really you know it's not quite there it should if it was 350 400 miles it'd be the best thing out there you know um so there's always but you know that already you know the negative so we might talk about those in the video and as a consumer You'll go, oh, well, I knew about that. And then you're like, actually, the rest of it is amazing. It smells like a Porsche. It handles like a Porsche. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah, that's all I needed. That, that you know, mm. confirmation. And, that, and it's just going to be interesting. I think the next few years are going to be very interesting to see how that goes and which manufacturers focus fully on these people, these yes people, um, or, or which people actually continue to use, you know, traditional journalists or honest youtubers so my, my question to tim actually because I, I remember when i i still actually i not remember when but it's still the case now 
when you get a press car and you're a smaller channel, you you have this you have this feeling to start with. You think oh, I need to to just yeah, say nice things. Mm. And what if there's something I don't like? And it's very easy to only say nice things in that, so you don't upset the brand, and yeah. so you get another car. And I'm sure we've said this before. What you very rapidly realise is that actually, if you talk to the guys at the press teams, they're not interested in people that do that. And it's a very difficult thing to get across to your audience that you're not, you know, that you're not just blowing sunshine up the yeah. up that car or up the brands, you know, what's it? Um, but it's it's hard to do when you're small, right? Definitely. So, like you said, when you get a car like recently, am I allowed to have a brand? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah when you, you say what you like, get um, a Golf GTI, for example, which you rocked up in today. Yeah, yeah. You got part of the Volkswagen group, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Still yeah. same umbrella. True. Yeah, true. Um, and yeah, like you said, you don't really want to talk about its negatives. But nowadays, some of the cars they kind of it's a common negative. So, for yeah. example, people touch on the infotainment. Never so heard that about a Golf Eight. <laughs> Never. No. So if I mention it, it's not news to people and VW themselves might be like, okay, if it's one person saying it, he could be talking. But if there's a hundred people saying it, yeah, he's got he might have a valid point. And what I also do, I leave it quite late in the video, by then people aren't watching, so the negative sense. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to, yeah, like I said, I do get the negatives across, but it's always about the balance. And yeah. nine times out of ten, if you're reviewing a car and you just say it's totally perfect, there's not one thing, you kind of lose some credibility. Yeah. Mm. I think as people then say, okay, you know what, he's only saying that because they give him cars, or like they used to do to Joe, he's paid um, 55 and a half grand each BMW yep. video that he does, that's why. It was actually 60 to be fair. Sorry, I just yeah. wanted to yeah. be honest, yeah. but yeah. Um, you've yeah. forgot to add the bonuses <laughs> and stuff, so. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it is difficult, but like I said, I, I feel like honesty is always the best policy. So what were the negative things about that GT4 RS, mate? So the GT4 RS, the negative thing about it was it was on um, cup, cup, two tires and not cup two r tires if they put it on cup two r tires i promise you it would have <laughs> yeah but then you, you might not have had as much fun skidding around on cup two r's because there'd have been grip. too much grip yeah yeah. Grip yeah. yeah 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 i think the negative with that is your ears are still bleeding i can oh, see yeah, yeah, yeah. No, i can see that my biggest negative i had to give the keys back when i finished driving <laughs> yes that was a big negative that was hard to do uh, and yeah going back to the, the the press thing again a lot of people there's May, might not understand this uh and, and and i can understand why so when we have press cars we're not being paid mm -hmm. to, to 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 review them we, we get the car usually for a week uh with a full tank of fuel so you get three quarters of that because you have to give it back with at least a quarter of a tank um and and then it's up to you to say what you want to say but as would you two were just talking about there it's really difficult when you when you're starting out and even even these days because there's a lot of good YouTubers out there, there's a lot of, trust me, there's a thousand times more people out there that want, let's say a Porsche than us three. So you're still battling against others. Um, and, and it is a fine line. You, you want to be honest, um, but you don't want to be, you don't want to be rude. You don't want to upset anyone, but it's, it's a, it's a fine balancing act. And when you are, you know, I remember when I had a handful of subs, maybe like 5,000 uh, subs or whatever, and I started borrowing cars off dealerships. You had to, yeah. You felt more pressured, didn't you? Yeah. And but then, as 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 you get bigger and as you grow, you can be a bit more honest. But that's that's the press car side of thing. Then then there's the marketing side of thing, which is ads. But unfortunately, on YouTube, there are so many YouTubers out there, big and small, that if they get sponsored stuff, they don't 
advertise this in ad. They don't put, what's the thing that comes up on the- Paid advertisement. Paid, yeah. paid advertise or whatever, paid promotion. Mm. And so that all becomes very blurry because they are being paid to do whatever they're doing, whether that's on Instagram or whether it's on YouTube. Um, and so that is all gonna be naturally positive because when you're doing paid stuff, uh, but don't get me wrong, like we, we, have you done any paid stuff before? Yeah, we all, and that's kind of how you have to survive today because the ad revenue on YouTube over the last couple of years has, has tumbled badly. Um, and so therefore you need to do it. And then it's all about trying to fit in something that's relevant to you and your audience. Um, that's not like me advertising tampons, for instance, because yeah, I haven't really used them lately. <laughs> I had some for my ears earlier. That, that yes. was about them. <laughs> oh, some Porsche branded tampons for the- uh, Moving on, GT4. guys, moving on. <laughs> oh my God. But no, I mean, the brand deals though, the, they are, you know, at the end of the day, the smaller channels, you can get, I don't know, equivalent to half a month's ad revenue in a in one brand deal. Yeah. You know, that it's that kind of, and I know the more followers you have, the more views you're going to get, the more money you're going to get for an integration. But, you know, it, it, they're worth doing. But I'm sure like most YouTube, I turn down 90% of the brands that ask me to do stuff because it mm. just doesn't fit with, with my channel. I don't want to advertise Hello Fresh. No, I go to the supermarket and buy my own food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably shouldn't have said that because I'm going to upset Hello Fresh now. But yeah. you know, that kind of thing—it's like it's not relevant. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's it's true. It's just that it's a fine balancing act. And once again, going back to you, Tim, and where you are, it's uh, it's again trying to juggle all that, trying to make it all work, trying to make dates line up. It's just there's so much logistics that goes into it as a full-time YouTuber, let alone someone who does it um, at part-time um, and manages a family and kids. The, the bit I used to, um, that used to annoy me the most about trying to juggle a job on YouTube is when you get a really amazing invite to something. Oh, Lord. Right? <laughs> and you can't do it mm -hmm. because you've got a commitment. Commitments, I mean, it's yeah. still the same now. That, that it, I, I, it's like a, every time an email comes in inviting you to something, there's this kind of ten, five to 10 second sick feeling in my tummy while I open up my calendar yeah. to have a look and see what, what I've got on that. I've literally had one today, um, just came in before we started recording from Skoda, a press, uh, you know, a foreign press trip. Skoda. Skoda. And I can make it. Um, it's, it's, I'm clear on those two days, but you never know. And so, it's always the really cool ones. Yeah. Always well, the really cool I, ones. I, I had one last year, which, uh, no, was it last year? You get 20? really cool ones and go on all of them, surely. Well, no, there was one that I really, I, it wasn't last year. I think it was the year before. Oh, Andy, if you're watching, listening, and Ruth, I'm sorry. I can't remember if it was last year or the year before. But anyway, one of my absolute best friends, Andy, um, he got married to Ruth last year or the year before. Um, and uh, obviously the dates have been in the diary for ages and it was the most amazing day. So I would never have swapped it for anything. But, uh -oh. <laughs> yeah, but, but... Uh, I got an invite from Audi to go out to, uh, is it SEMA? What's the one where it's a week long? Oh, in the States? Yeah, yeah. Uh, around it might be SEMA, good. it's a technology, it's a technology show. Ah, uh, I can't, oh man, yeah. it's after, that's just falling flat. It's like when I was, it's like me telling a joke, it just goes, yeah. and, and where's the punchline? Yeah. But anyway, I think it was SEMA, so it was a week long, Monterey, yeah. car week, yeah. Oh no, really, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was like five or six days out of Monterey doing the most ridiculous things. Obviously business class flights, amazing combination. All, but to make things worse, normally, normally, or at least years ago, you'd get like 
save the date for this or something. So it'd be like, come out to Monterey with Audi. Can you do these dates? So then you can go, oh no, I can't make it. Or yes, I can. But no, this one was, this is the schedule. And so you read it all, you're like, oh, oh. And then you look at the dates, you're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> at so, which point you go, I oh, know, but Ped might be able to go. Ped, yeah. can you make these dates? Yeah. yeah that, that, that email must've gone into my junk mass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that, mate. I did, oh, I did, I think we did that with Dakar. Yeah, Dak actually, good. no, Dakar, yeah. to be fair, you mentioned Dakar and then that I managed to get on Dakar. But yeah, that, that is the worst. It is. It is the worst. I think the, I got invited to drive a NASCAR at Rockingham um, well, I was tiny, tiny, and I couldn't do it because I had a work commitment. Yeah. And Tim did it. Shmi did it actually. Oh, okay. Um, and I'm like, <laughs> um, yeah. The, I think the two I the two I've watched YouTubers do that were I think Sam and JWW and drove a Formula One car, yeah. and that that for me was like, and they drove a Formula E car as well. Actually, I think we drove a Formula One car today. GC3 RS. Well, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> they had DRS and everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's, that's a DRS be button on the steering wheel, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> there was lots of buttons on the steering wheel, but they all did stuff and they actually, you could feel what they were doing. Anyway, we're going back. Yeah. We're going to just end up talking about that. <laughs> remember that day? Right now, yeah, remember that day when we drove the GT3 RS at Porsche? Yeah. yeah. It's just like, wow. And, but yeah, that, that, going back to that, that for me is the, and it doesn't go away when you become full-time because mm. you'll still have other press trips or it, like like you, that was a family commitment that you just can't get out of. But yeah. um, it, it does open it up. And I, I, I left full-time employment and went freelance in my old job um, so that I could, instead of uh, fitting YouTube around my job, mm -hmm. I started to then fit my job around YouTube and then slowly you bleed off the job and you just end up doing YouTube. But it is a really difficult balancing act. Yeah, and with the education system anyway, you can't just become a part-time member of staff and no. things like that unless there's a valid reason health yeah or something it's it's quite difficult to say i want to go down five days to three days or to four days so it is a balancing act and like you said when i get an email the first thing i don't read it anymore then i just go straight to the date i was like where are the numbers where's the months <laughs> october then i go on the school website i then check the term dates and i'm like oh, it's school day then i think oh can i make it and i was like nope have i got a dentist appointment that day nope so <laughs> it's all it's all quite tricky so yeah it is it does become like it does become an inconvenience but at the end of the day you've got to do what pays the bills i'm not oh, an idiot I'm not yeah gonna throw my job away and and not have 100 pay my, my mortgage so yeah it's got to be done um, but yeah no yeah and, and then the the other i think you've said this as well the, the other thing is try not to watch too many other people yeah. youtubers because you, you look at the trips they're going on and it's just like yeah yeah it is it is just when they get invited to like i don't know on a foreign trip with porsche to drive something really cool this is it yeah, and you're doing yeah. your proper job yeah what like spain or somewhere yeah on a circuit yeah. with a really nice porsche you know, yeah. and i'm doing my old job that would be frustrating yeah it? yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm teaching voice over IP, and you're you're, you're <laughs> that banging, first year, banging a game around a track. That was a, that was yeah. I just we didn't talk about it in our last podcast, but actually yeah, uh, yeah we did. Did we? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. So of course we did. Yeah, I won't go into it again then. But that was a great trip. Tune into the previous uh, podcast and uh, yeah, listen to me talk about it again. Um, but that was great. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah, it's true. And and the press trips are so varied as well. Some of them are, uh, some of them are like. In the UK, this time of year, uh, probably predicted rain, and you've got the, you go up to a place somewhere three or four hours away. Sometimes you drive there, 
you have the car for a few hours and got to give it back and you might sit in traffic and it's you know or you go to somewhere like Spain for two days and the weather's lovely and you've got a circuit to play there's there's massive variations isn't there um you know just depending on yeah and I think I think the it's interesting because for me press trips there's there's like three things you could get out of them the first one you want is views and money yep but that's often not the case no they're not normally videos that do brilliantly well unless you're lucky the other one is just the experience itself and yep. meeting having the time to spend time with the press team yep. and really get to be known by the press team because that normally then means you can get access to other yes. cars and maybe other other experiences uh, and then the, the final thing is it's like a relevance thing to your audience if you're seen by your audience being invited to these kind of things and and and, and you know that that for me is a, a real credibility enhancer for your channel yeah so they are really important and but it's not like most people it's not the financial benefit importance it's it's all the other things it's not at all and and actually i was um i was talking to another journal on on this recent trip and just using that as an example and you yeah this is actually a really good example so that trip i managed to film two videos who knows how well they're going to do um because you know it's it's around the new k and e hybrid but it's a specific model so it might fly, it might not. We don't know, we can't predict. Um, but, you know, the parking, so I think I paid 95 quid for parking long-term Heathrow and probably used 50 or 60 quid's worth of fuel to get there and back. So before I've even left for the trip, basically I'm 150 quid out of pocket. Mm. Then I've got my three days, which don't get me wrong, they were awesome three days out there. So that's three days of time out there. And then maybe another day and a half for me editing. So that's verging on a week of my time and 150 quid out of pocket. I don't think I will, the videos, if I'm lucky, I'll be able to cover those expenses um, in the sense that, you know, uh, I might make 300 quid, 400 quid out of the videos if I'm lucky. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's for so many different reasons, isn't it? Like you just said, the experience, the camaraderie, the, 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 yeah, the importance and the relevance to your audience to show them that you're there with Porsche and, uh, yeah, it's an interesting subject, and it's it's it, yeah. Again, it just relates back to the the whole dream of oh, I bet that makes loads of money, or it's just it's it, unfortunately it's just not not the way anymore on YouTube. I, I, the other thing I find is it's really interesting watching other content creators at those events and watch how they work and how they 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 operate, and you kind of learn so much from that as well. Yeah, whether that's you know people who are a smaller channel than you, and you think oh, that's a really cool thing they're doing, or you the really big guys, and you you want to press trip with Henry Catchpole or something and yeah. you know he's an absolute legend and I just watch and and kind of just see what what he does at an event like that because you can learn lots of things yep um but yeah I just got distracted by the way because there's the spider RS up there that I drove um at Goodwood um on the oh yeah how yeah how far did you drive that car no, I drove it look you drove it up the hill quite a few times I drove it up the hill quite a few times in the dark with a drone flying over my head at about 10 miles an hour I did redline it once <laughs> did <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah so i guess the next subject uh that i've written down on my phone sorry about this is a little bit amateur um is uh talking about what does well let's use instagram uh, as a platform uh what does well today because as far as i'm concerned when i started instagram it was all about displaying your art or your photography skills yeah. and i love that about instagram and i still do to this day it's really you know look at people's cool pictures um, you know, someone like Patrick takes some amazing pictures and, and, and that's what I use it for. Obviously nowadays it's changed so much. Um, but actually for me, I think cause I'm quite stubborn and I still post a lot of 
pictures, uh, my pictures still do relatively well in comparison to reels. But speaking to Matt Watson, I think it was earlier this year, he was just saying to me that because he's focused so hard on reels, if he now posts a picture, it doesn't do well at all. So he's just real, 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 real. And obviously reels produce big numbers and get eyes on them. You know, they can explode. Mm. Um, but yeah, what, what's your what's well, what's your take on, on, on Instagram and so what does well for you? My issue with Instagram is I feel sometimes your original audience only want to see a certain brand. And when I start bringing on, I don't know, a Porsche or a Volkswagen, if they're primarily BMW, fans they're yep. going to want to appreciate and if my instant followers don't engage with it it doesn't get reached oh, yeah. the reels i've noticed you can slap a reel up off a launch control even your bmw boys are gonna click on me launching a porsche yes it's still a car it's still something performance focused so that's the issue but it then has the knock-on effect with i'm now stuck in this real trend i just have to keep doing reels even though i've took a nice pitch i'm, I'm not going to put it up because the brand's going to look at it and think, oh, we're not giving him a car again. Look how bad that picture done. So I then get forced to be stuck in a, a real system and it's the short form content. And as much as I can appreciate watching something, not, I enjoy sitting down sometimes in the evening and watching 20 minute or 25 minute mm. YouTube video because it, it teaches me more than I can get taught over 10 seconds. Yeah. So that's the issue. But I think attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. Yep. Reels just seem to be the way forward at yeah. Anyway. I guess you, you smash out a lot of reels, don't you? I'm t well, no, I, 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 do you know that's partly after we were with Tim Schmi, yeah, and he was talking about he does a video a day and a reel and a TikTok, uh, you know, and and, and a Facebook, yeah, and I don't do all of that, but um, I know, I think we all know that reels are great for growing an audience, yep. as are shorts. They don't earn you any money, um, and my Instagram following isn't isn't great i think eighteen thousand. Yeah, but that's something yeah, but you were only what a year ago you're 10 or something like, but i've grown i've grown yeah eight probably eight in yeah in a year so you've du you've du basically doubled in a the, year the one that's gone and i think you do the same is yep. facebook yep reformatting my youtube videos to put out on facebook yep um i've grown from i think i've done five from five thousand followers to over twenty two thousand followers in four months wow um, and that's now a monetized thing, and you know that uh, we work with the same guy to do that. But yep. it, yeah, you know, and, and that my my challenge with it is there is an art form to short format content. Mm -hmm. I think you have to have an eye for it and a and a way of approaching it. And I, I just don't feel like I've got that. My I, I don't uh, from an editing point of view, from a content creation point of view. Um, so my reels are normally either little tiny segments, like one minute long segments from a video, okay. maybe a you know, I did a bit when we were with Misha on the ring or a drive up the hill at Goodwood or wherever it might be. Yeah. Um, what you're really good at, Joe, is that you're... Amongst other things, obviously. Obviously, lots of things. <laughs> so the way the way I see, I, I think you're one of the best at it, actually. So you've got your YouTube videos and you've got Instagram. Okay. And, and I watch both of those, but for different reasons. Right. So what you're, what you're brilliant at on Instagram is your stories take people along with you almost in real time to all the experiences that you are lucky enough to be invited to whether that's press trips or whatever it might be and and you you know most mornings I wake up and I'll go I wonder what Joe's up to and I'll watch your stories yep um and then then the video on YouTube might not come out for I don't know two three four weeks 
and then that's a different style of content and I'll watch that and it's delivered in a different way and delivers a different thing. Yeah. But what, what that for me in terms of brand value as in value for the brands is that you will be invited on stuff for your Instagram ability in terms of stories and, and so on. Yeah. So I don't know, a good example might be you, you, when you go to the MotoGP, you never make a YouTube video about going to MotoGP. No. But you make really interesting stories and take the take. Do you know what I mean? Your audience, yeah. yeah, And that that bit is for me. That's why I'm trying to concentrate on Instagram because it's the missing link in what I make. I think. Yep. My gut feel is that my audience, if I look at the demographic of my audience, the age demographic. Yep. My audience that watch me on YouTube isn't typically the demographic you'd find on Instagram. Right. And sure as hell ain't the demographic you find on tiktok yes yeah <laughs> they're just not there no um and i know you could say well you could generate an audience on tiktok and then bring them over to youtube but it just i don't think it works quite that easily i've tried and it's mm. maybe i should just keep trying but it, i think that our problem is in an ideal world you should be creating unique content for youtube yep. unique content for instagram unique content for facebook um, people might write facebook off but you can monetize facebook and get get good money from facebook Yep. Um, and then you should monetize things like or, or, or unique content for TikTok. Yep. I struggle making three videos a week uh, yeah. on bloody YouTube without doing all of them. You couldn't. <laughs> I just haven't got the time. I think unless your name's Tim yeah. Burton or, or Misha. Misha. Um, I just don't know I mean, how. And we've had both of them on the podcast yeah. and they, they, they do it. And honestly, mm. I have no idea how. How? Yeah. It's, it's you know, I'll... Sometimes I'll sit down and I'll, if I've got an admin day, I've got an admin day tomorrow actually, and I'll do the really boring stuff like my accounts and VAT return and stuff like that. And then I'll sit down and go, right, I'm going to make half a dozen shorts. Yep. And I'll, I'll, I'll pull some, some B-roll and content and clips together and I'll make some shorts and then I'll schedule them to drop, you know, one a day for the next week. I, I, but I need to have time to sit down and do that. I can't do it on the fly. And, no. You know, it's, 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 a, it's an art. <laughs> but even more than yeah it's it and and the youtube uh sorry the facebook thing it's it's an interesting one isn't it because yeah as as you said both you and i have started doing a lot more on facebook through someone this year um and it for me it's fascinating because again relating back to one of your earlier points what does well where or you know why doesn't this video do well on youtube well just a slightly modified version of that exact video that's on youtube a yep. slightly shortened version might explode on you on, on facebook so i've got my my misha on board video so yep. the misha video on youtube i think i don't know it's probably done ten thousand views i think maybe yeah the three minute version of that i put on facebook yeah it's done one and a half million views <laughs> and it's been shared three and a half thousand times <laughs> it's just mad isn't it how yeah oh, yeah <laughs> You like this is the issue though, because I think then it goes back to time, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's three minutes, and everybody's got three minutes in a day. But then, but I think it's also a different audience because the, the, I, a the, lot of the comments I get, uh, like, are, oh, you didn't talk about the price, or you didn't do this. And it's like, yeah, but the, there's a full video of that on my YouTube I think, channel. I don't think people realise that though. No, and they're the, the the thing that spurs Facebook on is you think the YouTube comments are a bit of a kind of you know wild west. Yeah, Facebook comment section. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's some, they're like, go at it at each other. Yeah. Like really, Militant. really badly. It's like an old, it's an old, well, it's a forum, isn't it? That's yeah. what you used to always. You just watch it and it's, it's gold because it just, you know, 
Um, but yeah, I look I look at the numbers. I thought Facebook was a dead platform for me now, and it's it's really really not. I yeah. mean, it's not. Do you do much Facebooking? I've got a page yeah. that I do, and I just share my videos on there. But I don't directly edit a video and put it on there. Okay. But yeah, now you're saying yeah. one point six million so, so you, views. So the the one the top tip I was given about Facebook is never put a link on Facebook. Okay. Because it takes people away from Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Always put a unique video onto it. Okay. And yeah. I, I used because I used to do the same thing. Mm. I tried a bit doing unique content, then basically just not time. So I just put a link, thinking my oh, Facebook audience isn't mm. going to grow. And it sat at like 5,000 for like four years. Yeah. And I haven't put a link on in the last three months, but unique content every day and it's grown. Because people haven't got to do anything, have they? They just got to press play as opposed to click the link. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's the sharing. I think it's how easy it is to share. Yeah. And we underestimate how big Facebook is and how long it's been around. It's two billion people. Definitely been around almost, I was going to say, all your life, almost <laughs> all your life. Definitely what? not been around what? all oh, its life. Oh, there we go. I, there we go. <laughs> I, joined, I, I joined Facebook in 2006. 2006 yeah okay and it was only only invented like 2000 yeah because what was before facebook myspace myspace MySpace. yeah do you remember myspace friends reunited friends reunited that was before that's a blank face right there yeah no so friends reunited you basically (laughs) you put your school in and you and you could create a profile and you could go back to school and find all your mates you were at school with linkedin but for yeah, okay. pretty much. But then the problem was had it was responsible for more divorces in the UK, I think, oh, than anything else. Because yeah, people that go back into school, you know, oh, I used to, I used to go out with her. Oh, that, you know, yeah, we, we, my And then the song. next thing, yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't use to go near. But yeah, no, I don't know whether Friends Reunited. I think it probably doesn't exist anymore. No, I haven't heard it for years, mate. Yeah, you're right. Um, we are fast approaching the hour already, <laughs> which is <laughs> yeah, it's madness. Um, but before we wrap up, what's what's new in Tim's world? What are you what are you doing next? So you you said you come here in uh, GTI. GTI, yeah. Um, um, got GTI. Also have Cooper. I've got to say a shout out to Cooper. I love them. Yep. Um, got a Cooper Tecker coming. Yep. Oh, well, you've so done Tecca. you've done stuff with Cooper before, have you? Yeah. 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 For like parties. And you stuff. might have forgotten. Oh, yes, you, you might have easy. forgotten. Let me tell. Let me tell you something. So. <laughs> Let me tell you something. So I went to this Cooper event. It's the first time I met uh, Pete. And um, I was very uh, intimidated to approach him, just because not not to blow his trumpet. But the guy's tall. I'm like 5'11". The guy's tall. So I was like, oh, this, this is Pete. I've got to say hello to him. So I end up wandering over. He looks at me, looks away, and he's just bopping his right shoulder, left shoulder, all of that. And then I say, hey, Pete, how's it going? He's like, oh, yeah, mate, nice. nice. You do YouTube, follow each other. Great. Everything is going well. And then obviously it's a party, so there are um, beverages there. And as uh, Pete is indulging in the beverages... Uh, they had rosé called they did, Born. They did. You were at a Cooper uh, yes. party and then the rosé called Born, which was just genius. So halfway through the night, it's, it's going, everything's great. And then Pete hugs me. I was like, wow, he's hugging me. And then he whispers in my ear, he says, you can drive the Porsche whenever you want. And I'm like, rah. Sounds like a chat up line. Like, what's going on? <laughs> Needless to say, I never drove the Porsche. Um, no, but, um, the, the invite's there. You just got to be thirty-four. Yes, yes, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. As soon as you're thirty-four, mate. Soon come. Soon come. <laughs> so um, yeah, that that was that. But yeah, Cupra next week, and then uh, e-tron as well the week after, and then nice. there might be a cheeky Audi R8 coming, which is in November. Oh, nice. But, um, we'll see. Hopefully, touch wood, the weather's okay. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it's it's a thing where. It's tricky, and I don't know if you guys have this issue. You want to get a car for you that you're interested in, but at the same time, you've got to feed the audience because 
if I think about YouTube and like getting to know press teams, my first gig with Honda was a Honda Jazz. Yeah. And I remember getting that kind of, it was like, the aim is to get a Type R. <laughs> like, that's what I want. Yeah. I just go straight in a Type R at my level. So we started with the Honda Jazz and I kid you not, that did like 18,000 views. Yeah, well that's, that's <laughs> yeah, but that, the thing is though, that you think, oh, no one's going to be interested in this. But they are, because yeah. it's a car that normal people can relate buy. to. Yeah. We yeah. all want these aspirational, yeah, GT3 RS might be the best car I've ever driven, but they're like, you know, yeah. normal people can't buy them. The Honda yeah. Jazz, yeah. Um, yeah, we were raving at the last podcast about I-20N, or, mm. you know, these kind of little, I drove a Suzuki Swift Sport. Yes. Oh, what a car, mate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're hardly anything, well, not hardly anything to buy, but they're super cheap to buy. Yeah. Brilliant fun. Like, mm. really good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, but that's a good tip actually for young is, is or young young channels, smaller yeah. channels is go in low, yeah. prove what you can do, and then definitely and it and keeps experiment with and see what your audience respond to because yeah. yeah. And then every now and again get something. Supercars don't do great, but yeah. you want to yeah. see the car for a week. Right? Fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just that like Joe Achilles for a week, you know, you got like an M3 touring. Why not? Yeah, yeah you got an M2. It doesn't move, <laughs> and uh, yeah. Yeah. But that's that's going to be you said March, so hopefully next year. March. Yeah, next year, next year it's going to be back on the road, and I'm looking forward to going on track. I've kind of written this year off with it, um, but yeah, it's going to be exciting times. And hopefully, I know we've done a track day together, but we didn't really. Yeah, track days are difficult. You go like, oh yeah, we'll do this. I'll jump oh, in with you. Yeah, you right, jump yeah. in, and you get there. It was an evening session it though, was, so it was yeah. pretty rushed. But um, but anyway, uh, mate, it's been awesome having you on as a guest, and and it's been awesome sharing the experience out there. Uh, in the cars for people that want to check you out what are you on instagram tim williams hd on instagram i believe it's the same on youtube but if you just type in tim williams and then a bmw or audi after my channel will pop up there brilliant nice legend legend Uh, you know what the best thing now right so before our porsche experience we had the most amazing lunch We've now got afternoon tea oh, coming I in. We've got afternoon <laughs> tea. It's the lot. Yep. I know. <laughs> so if you come, you, you get your experience. You can go either breakfast or lunch, depending on whether you, which time of day. Yeah. But yeah, we've got afternoon tea. They've saved us afternoon tea. Oh, I completely forgot about that. Oh yeah, but that's brilliant. <laughs> Fantastic. So I would massive thank you to all the team here at Porsche Experience uh, Center in Silverstone. And as I said, we'll put the link, the descriptions and stuff in the link below. Yeah. But as I said, you, you, if you. If you buy a new Porsche, when you put your money down as a deposit, that's the point where you actually get your invite to come here. You've got to use it within two years, I think. Yeah. Um, so you can drive, I think, anything up to the car that you've bought in terms of level. Uh, if you want to go to a faster car than that, you can pay a bit more and do that if you want to. But most people just want to experience the car they've bought, right? Yeah. And understand what it can do. And doing it in the safe environment here where there's no cars coming the other way and they let you, I mean, uh, you know, some sometimes you go on these driving experiences and they, I remember one of these supercar driving experiences, oh. you were only allowed to use like third gear. Mm, yeah. It was just shocking. The guys here are like, they will push you to the to, to where you are comfortable. And you learn a lot about car control. I mean, we all do track day stuff. We're all, you know, reasonable drivers, not quite distinction, advanced, advanced, advanced stickers everywhere advanced on the window. Institute I don't need to look out the window because it's covered in stickers, but I'm that good. I don't need to see where I'm going. We're not all that level. But even if we were, 
<laughs> you do still learn a lot out there. You do, don't you? Yeah, so, I, sorry, didn't, I didn't use my brake gear separation, but yeah, I, I was. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. easy now. But yeah, no. So, so uh, de definitely, big shout out to the guys here at um, Porsche Experience Silverstone, and for also for Michelin for hooking us up and, set, uh, yes. and arranging today because it's been amazing. Tim, thank you for your time, my friend. Thank you. And yep. uh, yeah, it was good. We haven't drank as much rosé. Hopefully, I won't wake up tomorrow morning cuddling a bottle of rosé, which is what I did after that. Am I driving the, the Porsche? Home? You got it for thirty-five. Okay. My insurance yep. is any anybody Still over the age of thirty-five fully comprehensive. Soon as you're thirty-five. Give me a call. Okay. Are you over 35 yet? Thanks, mate. Yes, well over, unfortunately. How, your mum thinks I'm 36. Anyway, <laughs> finish there? <laughs> Let's finish there. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for watching, listening, and everything. Please remember to share it. Leave us a review as well. Yeah, you got to leave us a review. Yeah, it all helps. And uh, it's great to see that we're consistently in the top 10 of the Apple automotive uh, uk podcast charts and uh, and the youtube channels ticking along very nicely uh, don't be shy with the comments either let us know feedback and everything um and any other guests that you think we should get on um yeah let us know in the comments below cheers tim cheers <laughs> <laughs> cheers and cheers joe cheers <laughs>